0: Josh Gaddis is out at Miami. Mario Cristobal and the Hurricanes now search for a new OC. It is Monday, January 30th. This is the College Football Daily. I am Lance Glenn. Arguably, the biggest coordinator move last offseason was when Miami hired then Broyles award winner Josh Gaddis away from Michigan to lead the offense in South Florida. But it was a short tenure for Gaddis in Coral Gables as after one season, Cristobal and Miami decided to move on in another direction. What went wrong? What's next? Joining me to discuss those questions and more is the publisher of Inside the U covering Miami Athletics, David Lake. David, how are you? Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it.
1: Yeah, doing well, Lance. Good to be on
0: with you. So, David, let's start broadly. It was a really tough year for my Miami, obviously, on the field, weren't able to make a bowl game in Mario Cristobal's first season. The offense sputtered and, and was, was pretty bad, to say the least, at times. So what went wrong in Gaddis's one season? I know that's a very broad, very open-ended question, but if you can kind of hammer it down to a couple things, what really went wrong for Gattis in this one season at Miami?
1: Yeah, I think if we were going to nail it down to one or two reasons why Mario Cristobal decided to go in a different direction after just one year, I think it comes down to two, main points. And I think It's a failure to connect from a personality standpoint with the other coaches on staff, with the off-field support staff members. I think he was abrasive and rubbed people the wrong way. And I think that was also the case too with the players in the locker room. I don't know if he connected as well as he could have with the quarterback room or the wide receiver room. And also too, just the way the staff has to be structured with Josh Gaddis as your offensive coordinator. He coach is wide receivers. So he's the wide receiver coach, offensive coordinator. And I think there was a little bit of a disconnect there with the quarterback room for that reason. Now, he was still around and still had meetings with those guys. But for the most part, they were dealing with a quarterback coach. So I think there was a disconnect on, on both sides in terms of Gattis knowing what the quarterbacks were best at and also the quarterbacks being able to communicate with Gattis with what they like. And then, you know, I do think it's fair to point out that Josh Gaddis had some really bad injury luck. You know, it started in fall camp. They missed two running backs for the year that they were expected to have big roles in Don Chaney Jr. and Trevante Citizen before the Texas AM game. Their best wide receiver, Xavier Restrepo, was out for about seven weeks with a foot injury. Zion Nelson, who coming into the year was, you know, projected as a NFL draft pick Uh, never really played the entire year because of a knee injury he sustained during the summer workouts And then as the year progressed, other pieces of the offensive line were getting picked off by injuries. And uh, once Miami had to dip into their depth on the offensive line, that made pass protection tough. And that led to a shoulder injury by Tyler Van Dyke that was sustained as he was getting sacked and driven into the ground against Duke. And then from that point on, the second half of the year was kind of a disaster on offense once uh, Tyler Van Dyke was in and out. I mean, he, he gave it a go in some games, but could never get that shoulder fully healthy. And at the end of the day, you know, the results just weren't there. I think if you look at all the numbers, so you take out the Bethune Cookman game, this offense averaged only 19 points per game. In ACC play, 17 points per game. They really struggled in the red zone when they did get down there. They weren't overly explosive at all. So I think. Gaddis did have some bad luck. I don't think he's as bad of a coach as he showed against Miami. But at the end of the day, I think for both parties, quite frankly, it, it was best to just go in a different direction.
0: Yeah, I mean just sometimes it's not the right fit. And and clearly for Josh Gaddis, it wasn't like you said, you know, some of it was his own fault, some of it was just poor injury luck, but ultimately at the end of the day, that's football, right? You have to deal with the, the cards you're you're played. Why did they wait so long though to ultimately make this move? Now I know you were obviously reporting that he wasn't really around the team over the last couple of weeks. So they were sending other guys out recruiting and it was kind of just a not if, but when scenario, but why wait till uh, earlier this past week or later this past week to do it instead of let's say right after the season or even a couple weeks after the season?
1: Yeah, that's a fair question. So you're right. Josh Gaddis has not been around the program for about three weeks. And I think it's fair to ask why is this the approach that Mario Cristobal takes? I think he learned this approach under Nick Saban when he was an assistant coach there. And I think he kind of models it. You know, he he wants to model his program kind of the same way as Nick Saban models his Alabama program. And at Alabama, you know, they don't necessarily fire coaches. They kind of tell them, hey, try and go get your next job. And I think that was the messaging to Gattis. And I think Miami waited as long as they could. And on Friday, it just kind of reached a tipping point. And they, you know, I think they essentially told him, look, we've waited as long as we can to let you try and find your next landing spot. But we now have to make this move official. So I think that's... You know, is it the right approach? I think that's a fair conversation to have. But at the end of the day, too, I think Mario Cristobal likes to, in the offseason, kind of focus on one thing at a time. And this is talent acquisition season. And so he goes all in on recruiting, transfer portal, and then once signing day. Now that we are approaching the traditional signing day, I think he he figured, okay, it's time to get this done and I can start shifting my focus to my staffing changes I need to make.
0: Yeah, and you mentioned he obviously likes to mimic the Alabama program in a way. Uh, does Mario Cristobal, and obviously like what Alabama did this offseason, you know, the writing was on the wall for Pete Golding and Bill O'Brien and instead of firing them, Nick Saban let Golding go to Ole Miss and O'Brien obviously go back to the New England Patriots. Uh, So it was more of a parting of ways than it was necessarily a firing, but we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to take a look at a couple names that could be next for Miami. Keep it locked in. You're listening to the college football daily.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear. Check breakfast, lunch and dinner. Check planning for what's next and how to save for it. That's where bank of America can help.
0: Back here on the College Football Daily, Lance Glenn joined alongside by David Lake of Inside the U, covering Miami Athletics. Obviously, Miami looking for a new offensive coordinator now that Josh Gaddis is out after one season. So, David, before we look at some potential names and some potential traits that Mario Cristobal could be looking for in the next offensive coordinator, I firmly believe that an offensive coordinator is really only as good as the pieces that are currently there. So, do you think Miami has the pieces in place on the roster right now to have that next offensive coordinator be successful, because if they don't, then not saying we'll be in the same situation next year, but the offense in 2023 could be sputtering just as much as the offense was in 2022.
1: Yeah, I think that's a fair point. I do believe that even if, and I don't think this was on the table, but let's just say hypothetically Miami brought back Josh Gaddis as the offensive coordinator here in 2023. I do think year over year, the offense would have improved. I do think Tyler Van Dyke is a good college quarterback. And the main area they've significantly upgraded in terms of talent, and personnel, in my eyes this offseason, is on the offensive line. They went out and grabbed UCF center Matt Lee. For whatever it's worth, Pro Football Focus graded out as the third best center in the country last year, and I think he's a big upgrade there. They went out and got Javian Cohen from Alabama who was a starting guard for the Crimson Tide, started the last two years there. According to Pro Football Focus, did not give up a sack during his playing time there. I think that's a significant upgrade. Then also too, they have two early enrollee five-star freshmen on the offensive line they're bringing in. I think it's tough to expect, you know, offensive linemen to start as true freshmen, but I think they're talented enough to push for playing time in the rotation. So I do think the offensive line is going to be much improved year over year. And I think that's going to trickle down to success in the passing game in terms of giving Tyler Van Dyke more consistent protection. And I do think it'll help open up roles, holes in the run game. So, and and quite frankly, too, you know, I just think law of averages, I, I am not expecting a significant leap by the offense here in 2023, but I just think in general, you know, if Tyler Van Dyke is your starting quarterback for the entire season, which he was not In 2022, I think the offensive output is going to be much improved. Now, receiver, outside receiver specifically... I think is still an area they need to attack in the May window for the transfer portal. And personally, I would like to see them add a little bit more of a veteran presence in the running back room. But they like Trevante Citizen, who was hurt last year. They expected big things from him last year before he got hurt. And they also like incoming true freshman Mark Fletcher. So I do think it's going to be improved. Is it going to be a good offense? I don't know. But I do think even if it's an average offense, I think that is an improvement year over year.
0: Before we talk talk about some names that, that could end up as the next OC for, for the hurricanes. What are some traits that Mario Cristobal could be looking for in this new OC? Now you said, obviously Josh Gaddis was the offensive coordinator. He was also the wide receivers coach. I feel like so often we see OC and quarterbacks coach. Do you think Gaddis could be looking for someone more in that realm that also works more hands on with the quarterbacks as opposed to the receivers? Is he looking for someone with just a solely a different personality than Gaddis had? Because like you said, obviously there was some disconnect there what kind of traits do you think he could be looking for in this next OC?
1: I do think that the style of offense Josh Gaddis runs is what Mario wants he wants a power spread balanced offense between the run and the pass and an offense that can you know feature a big powerful athletic offensive line you know in terms of offensive coordinator quarterback I don't think that's necessarily it's a non-starter if that's not happening but I do think that could be the preference here which for the most part is how things shake out at offensive coordinator, right? Typically it is the quarterback's coach. But yeah, in general, you know, I I don't think he is the biggest fan of tempo. I think he likes to protect his defense. I think in general, right, he wants to have an offense that can somewhat mimic NFL offenses and maybe with, you know, sprinkle in some college approach as well from time to time. So yeah, I think power spread is is essentially what his vision is. Basically, what Georgia is, what Alabama is. He believes, you know, if he can upgrade the talent, which takes time, then that offensive approach is what wins championships. So I think that's where his vision for the offense is.
0: David, I'll let you go on this one. Miami offensive coordinator position is a is a coveted job. Mario Cristobal is only in now and in going into year two. Who are some names that he could go after? What are you hearing? I know you put yeah. out a list on inside the What are some potential names that are being floated out there for this job at Miami?
1: So, you know We just went through this last year, right? So I think some of those names are still names to monitor somewhat. Now, last year, I think when we went through this process, I think his top candidate was Jason Candle, the Toledo head coach. I think my understanding is he circled back around on that situation as well. And that's why recently, last week, I believe it was last Tuesday or so, Jason Candle signed an extension with Toledo and got a raise too. So. I don't think that's an option anymore. Tommy Reese, I think, was a guy Mario made a run at, I think, when he hired Josh Gaddis that weekend. It essentially came down to Tommy Reese and Josh Gaddis. Tommy Reese told him no, and so they went and hired Josh Gaddis. How realistic is that? I have a hard time seeing him leave Notre Dame for Miami, but he's a name Mario Cristobal likes a lot. Liam Cohen is a guy Mario Cristobal made a run at, ended up going from Kentucky to the Rams. He comes back from the Rams to Kentucky, has a significant pair. I believe it's 1.7 million. It's been reported. So how realistic is that? And then I think too, there's former head coaches out there with offensive coordinator backgrounds that are intriguing. Marcus Arroyo, who was Mario's offensive coordinator at Oregon, he was just fired from his head coaching duties at UNLV. I've gotten a little bit of Scott Frost smoke here at Nebraska. I think that's a situation that Mario is definitely going to explore. Paul Christ at Wisconsin makes a lot of sense. Dan Mullen's a name that's tossed out there. I don't know how realistic that is, but I think it could be explored. James Coley, I think is a guy he he was an offensive coordinator at Miami during the Al Golden era. He's currently at Texas A&M. He was Mario Cristobal's first offensive coordinator at FIU. And I do think there's a chance James Coley returns to Miami. Is it as the offensive coordinator play caller? I'm not sure about that, but could he be a co-offensive coordinator? I could see that. And then I think there's NFL options. you know, I think at this point with the with the timeline, you know, Mario Cristobal waiting uh, to make a move here, It does open up some NFL opportunities. And there's guys like Brian Johnson. I think that's interesting. The quarterbacks coach for the Eagles who's coached at, at at the college level. sub I think Joe Brady's a name that gets tossed out there, but I think he's happy in the NFL and, and his trajectory there in the NFL. And, you know, Jake Peets is kind of an under the radar name that people have passed on to me. He's currently an offensive analyst for the LA Rams. Coach Cristobal has a big affinity for that LA Rams style of offense and Sean McVeigh and what they do Offensively, Jake Peets also spent some time as an analyst at Alabama. Mario Cristobal has an affinity for that program as well. Jake Peets was the offensive coordinator for LSU. In 2021. So he's a name to keep an eye on too. And, you know, look, I'm sure just the nature of Mario Cristobal coaching searches, he looks under every rock when it comes to adding to his staff. And so I expect it to be not a long process, but I don't, I don't think it'll be a quick turnaround in terms of a hire. So I think there's, yes, he did wait a while to make this move, but I still think there's a ton of really good coaches out there. And, it, and now it's just a matter of getting the right guy. Right? Josh Gaddis last year was a big name sexy hire. Didn't work out. So now I think it's just got to be find the guy who will fit your staff, can connect with your players, and put your players in the best position to succeed.
0: Yeah, you mentioned a lot of big names there. Uh, so certainly uh, won't be short on intrigue, uh, this new hire for Miami. Of course, the Hurricanes looking for a new OC. Make sure to check out InsideTheU.com as they will be all over this search. Follow David on Twitter as well at DavidLake3. We really appreciate you giving me the time. Thanks so much for coming on. Remember to give us a five-star rating, and a review on Apple Podcasts, and of course, head on over to 24 seven sports YouTube channel and hit that subscribe button too. For David Lake, I am Lance Glenn. This has been the college football daily.